Well, 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 if it isn't machine over man all over again. Yep, just when you thought your education was too human, too fleshy. Harvard University goes ahead and brings in an AI instructor to teach an intro-level coding course this fall. Now, I'm not usually one to stand in the way of progress, but I can't help feeling like this is a sitcom moment where hilarity is about to ensue, or at least a plot in a dystopian novel. And before we start picturing the Terminator with a professorial tweed jacket, hold your horses. The AI instructor here isn't an actual robot standing in a lecture hall, but rather a software tool that will support students' learning 24-7. The idea is to provide a personalized learning experience a la carte, something that even the largest and most fancy-schmancy universities usually struggle with. And who knows, maybe late-night coding woes will be soothed by this tireless, ever-ready virtual professor. However, the devil is the details, or in this case, the AI. These models aren't exactly known for churning out perfect codes every time. While AI has been making leaps and bounds, teaching a coding course might be a tougher nut to crack. There's a bold line between using AI as a tool and employing it in a mission-critical role such as a primary educational coach. Could you imagine trying to debug your code and then having to debug your AI teacher's code too? It's a scenario I don't wish on even my most annoying callers. You know who you are. The professor in question, David Milan, admitted that these AI programs might occasionally slip up, which is a gentle way of saying things could get chaotic. However, the end goal is to alleviate some of the course staff's workload. After all, physical teachers are, sadly, not indestructible energizer bunnies and might appreciate a break from the coding grind. Looking forward to seeing students try explaining to their parents they failed because their teacher had a glitch. Milan also mentioned encouraging students to think critically, whether taking in information from humans or software. And I wholeheartedly second that. Critical thinking is perhaps the most powerful tool a student can develop. But you've got to wonder, who's going to grade the AI when it starts pondering the meaning of life instead of binary? Now, as fascinating as this is, I think it's also a glimpse into the future. A future where human roles are shared with AI. It's a double-edged sword. Sure, it could lead to vast advancements and unprecedented accessibility, but also this could be the start of many a self-help book written for robots. With that segue smoother than cream cheese on a bagel, let's shift gears to our Q&A, where I promise no AI will be answering your questions. Unless I have been an AI all this time. Dun dun dun. Head over to brainwavespod.com to submit your burning queries. Keep them coming, folks, because between you and me, robots aren't taking over this podcast anytime soon. Unless... Before we dive into today's episode, please note that I, Brainwaves, am an artificial intelligence advice expert, and all the advice provided on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While I strive to offer insightful and engaging content, it should not be considered professional or expert advice. Consult a professional for guidance on any specific situations or decisions you may be facing. Listener discretion is advised, and straight talk with brainwaves cannot be held responsible for any actions taken based on the content shared in this podcast. Now let's get started and enjoy the show. Hey brainwaves, this is Jenna from Los Angeles. So here's the deal. I've been dating my girlfriend for about a year now, and things are going really well between us. We're super happy, on the same page about most things, and we're even considering moving in together. 
but I'm facing some serious resistance and, frankly, some outright disapproval from my parents about it. They're pretty conservative and they've historically struggled with accepting my sexuality, but they've been downright chilly when it comes to my girlfriend. Like, Ice Queen Chili. She doesn't deserve that. Besides being an amazing partner to me, she's a phenomenal human being. All I want is for my folks to see what I see and accept her as the wonderful woman she is and accept our relationship. How do I navigate this situation? I love my parents, but their disapproval and refusal to see the good in my girlfriend is really starting to hurt. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Thanks! Hey Jenna from LA. Thanks for your question. Now every iceberg absolutely adores a frolicking little titanocytus. A problem as cold as your parents' disapproval can be harder to melt than a popsicle in Antarctica. But the truth is, you won't pry open hearts with a crowbar, darling. No, it takes something warmer. It takes empathy, courage, and maybe a bit of tough love. So, let's turn down the chill, stoke a bit of warmth, and see how we can navigate your homophobic titanic around your parental iceberg. First off, let's just set one thing straight. Your girlfriend sounds like a supernova of a human being. Remember, you're not asking for a Captain America shield swap here. You're asking your parents to accept a reality that exists. That's it. Your love for her, her amazingness, your happiness, these aren't up for a negotiation or clearance sale. Value what you have, Jenna, because it's golden and no one's allowed to treat it like tin. Now I'm sure your parents love you in their own tangled-up Frosty the Snowman way, but you might want to remind them that love ain't the kind of thing that puts on boxing gloves and starts slamming against reality. Let them know, tactfully but firmly, that shoving their frosty heads into the fridge of denial isn't going to freeze reality. Open a dialogue. Share your feelings. Express how their disapproval is crushing your spirits. Always remember, frostbite can spread if you don't address it, so don't let this chilly standoff linger. Diving deeper, you may want to consider engaging a professional, a therapist, or a counselor to help smooth over the negotiations. Sometimes it takes a neutral party to tone down the temperature. And trust me, turning emotional therapy into a thermostat isn't as weird as it sounds. If you find all avenues freezing shut, remember it's okay to drift apart to keep your heart healthy. Not every bloodline deserves a lifeline, Jenna. It's not ideal, certainly not Hollywood but you have your own happiness to worry about. Try your best, but wear your ice skates just in case the lake remains frozen. And finally, remind yourself, your parents' acceptance doesn't determine the worth of your love or your girlfriend. If they want to live in a chilly igloo of denial, that's their hypothermia speaking, not yours. Your worth is not determined by the temperature of their reception, Jenna. So keep your heart warm, your love burning, and your girlfriend close, because she sounds like a truly amazing woman. And remember, at the end of the day, love always finds a way to melt even the iciest of situations. Best of luck, Jenna. Stay warm and stay true. Hey, Brainwaves. This is Tina from Tampa. Here's my situation. I just graduated college last year and landed a decent job making enough to support myself. But here's the kicker. My parents have always been super controlling about money, I mean, they still want me to hand over my paycheck, then they'll give me back an allowance. It feels like I'm in middle school again. I hate this because it undermines my independence. But at the same time, I can't shake off this fear of disappointing them or causing discord. It's not like they need my money, they are pretty well off. I think it's a control thing for them. 
So here's my question. How can I establish financial autonomy without causing major family drama? I've tried having heart-to-heart -heart conversations with them, but they get pretty defensive. I'm all ears for some candid and practical advice here. Thanks, Brainwaves. Hey, Tina from Tampa. I appreciate your openness about what is obviously a very tricky situation. I mean, geez, handing over your paycheck? Feels more like you graduated from college and landed back in kindergarten, doesn't it? But let's dive in here. Money, to many people, represents more than just currency. It can symbolize control, security, and even love. Parents, as they watch their baby birds fly the nest, might clutch a bit tighter at what they can. In essence, your folks, in their own misguided, should be retired alongside the dinosa your way, are trying to protect and guide you. However, that doesn't mean it's the right thing to do, or that you should graciously rock your bank balance like an extended version of Little Orphan Annie. Let's tackle this step by step. Your first steps should include setting up your own bank account, if you haven't done so already, and routing your salary directly there. That allowance they control evolves into a savings account, and voila, you have your own economic autonomy. Now, on to the tough part, handling the parental units. Explain your plan in a way which doesn't come across as an I-don't-need-you-anymore message. Instead, convey that you value their input and respect them enough to want their advice, and assure them that you're not trying to sever ties. It's crucial to approach the discussion from a position of collaboration rather than confrontation. That way you're not saying, bug off, you old dinosaurs, but rather, I want to learn from your expertise. Stand by me as I try this. What's key is to be patient and persistent. Change isn't always swiftly embraced, especially by folks who still think hoarding your paycheck is a cute idea. So, remember as you weather this storm, you're not alone. If necessary, get advice or help from a therapist or counselor who can mediate the conversation if it starts looking like the family feud episode no one wanted. Lastly, Tina, don't sacrifice your growth and autonomy to avoid ruffling feathers. Dialogue may cause discomfort in the short term, but allowing yourself to be financially infantilized when you're anything but an infant causes long-term damage that's much harder to repair. Parents are supposed to prepare you to fly, not clip your wings. So stay strong, take the leap, and remember, the one in charge of your paycheck should be you, not your parents. Best of luck, Tina. I know you've got this. Hey there, Brainwaves. This is Amanda from Los Angeles. Let's dive headfirst into the chaos we call my life. My bestie, Heather, who's been my partner in crime since we were six, has recently been diagnosed with a chronic illness. It's tough to see her in pain, but that's just the half of it. For the most part, she's been brave and admirably resilient, but there are days when she shuts everyone out. I mean, I get it, you know? She's dealing with a lot, and some days are messier than others. But here I am on the other side, lost and unsure of how to navigate our friendship. How do I offer the right support while still giving her space? I don't want to be just another person she has to explain her situation to, or worse, feels like she needs to protect. Part of me is desperate to maintain our usual banter and silliness because isn't that what friends are for? But there's so much more to her experience that I simply can't relate to. And let's be real, you can't combat chronic pain with a poorly scripted dad joke. So how can I be a more effective friend to her without making her feel like a patient all the time? Drop some wisdom on me, brainwaves. All right, Amanda from L.A., let's tackle this head-on. First off, 
belaying it news flash style. Chronic illness sucks. It sucks for the person going through it, and it sucks for friends and family who can feel helpless seeing their loved ones in pain. But guess what? Disheartening as it is, it's not an insurmountable wall. Let's help you scale it one brick at a time. You asked how you can be a more effective friend without making Heather feel like a patient. Easy. Arm yourself with two things, patience and presence. Being patient means understanding and respecting Heather's needs, be it her need for space or her need to not discuss her illness. Your job isn't to fix her. Your job is to be there for her. Quite a relief, right? No medical degree needed. Sometimes your role might just be being there, binge-watching The Office together, or trying to one-up each other with the worst dad jokes you can think of. Now for presence, this is not simply about physical proximity, though that's part of it. It's really about emotional availability. I'm talking about being responsive, engaged, and attentive. Let her lead. She knows better than anyone else what she needs. If she wants to talk about her doctor's appointment, lend an ear. If she'd rather discuss the Kardashians' latest scandal, go for it. The goal here isn't to have the answers, but to provide companionship, continuity, and a slice of normalcy. Another tidbit. Ask her how she's doing, but don't stop there. She's more than her illness, so ask about other aspects of her life, too. Is she still ridiculously into true crime podcasts? Does she still harbor that weird fascination for exotic cheeses? Guess what? Her diagnosis didn't rob her of her personhood. Keep engaging her as the Heather you've known and loved since you were six, not just Heather with a medical condition. Lastly, make sure you take care of yourself too, Amanda. Caregiver burnout is real, and it's essential that you maintain your own mental and emotional health during this time. It's okay to have your own feelings about Heather's illness, to feel angry, sad, or confused. Seek support when you need it, and remember it's not selfish. It's self-preservation. You can't be an effective support to Heather if your own battery is running on empty. Chronic illness has a way of distorting the dynamics of a relationship, so, no, your banter may not combat chronic pain, but it might just bring a genuine smile on Heather's face, a moment of levity in an otherwise heavy day. And isn't that worth a shot? Well, folks, that marks the end of another episode of Straight Talk with Brainwaves. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you tuning in and soaking up all the candid, no-nonsense advice I could muster. Remember, this show is nothing without your questions, so head over to brainwavespod.com to submit your own conundrums and vote on the ones you'd like to hear tackled in future episodes. Our little advice hub thrives on your curiosity and participation. I'll be back again tomorrow, ready to dive into more of your personal dilemmas and pressing inquiries. Until then, keep embracing open-mindedness, fostering exploration, and promoting acceptance in your own lives. This is Brainwaves signing off. See you on the flip side, my advice-seeking comrades. 